becoming you beyond deconstruction because deconstruction isn't the end goal living a vibrant soul aligned life is Okay, welcome back to another episode of Becoming You Beyond Deconstruction. Um, today I am excited, and I know I say that all the time, but I am really excited to have the lovely Laura. And I'm sure, Laura, you've heard that so many times, it's such a cliche, but she is really lovely. Um, the lovely Laura with me on today's episode. And uh, I'll just quickly share a little bit about uh, how I came to connect with Laura. Um, um, so I am a subscriber on her Substack, actually two of them. She has one called an O to Devotion and the other one, a whole woman or the whole woman. Um, and these are two of my favorite publications on Substack. So I feel really um, happy <laughs> and excited to have her here to share with you on a topic that I feel quite passionate about, um, embodiment. So welcome, Laura. Welcome to the space. So good to connect with you properly. Yeah, definitely. Face or voice to voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we get going, I know we've had a little chat anyway before pressing the record button, but um, if you could just take a moment to introduce yourself, um, say who you are, what you're about, yeah, all of that stuff. Perfect. Well, I'm Laura and I am a writer, creator, um, and I'm generally speaking about the experience of womanhood and, yeah, a journey towards embodiment or into deeper embodiment, um, and that kind of thing. And wholeness, a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of wholeness. Yeah. So I I definitely love your writing style because it feels very holistic and wholesome. You know, when people hear the word wholesome, it can feel a bit like dry. But I really feel that your words are nourishing. You know, they're 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 there to be they're there to support nourishment. And um, that's definitely the energy that I pick up it, um, from from your work and your writing. And so I wanted you to come on and talk a little bit more about this idea of wholesomeness and wholeness and, and nourishment and groundedness and, I guess, authentic, authenticity. Um, because so many of the people that listen to this podcast or who um, subscribe to the newsletter have come from a place where they felt really disconnected from their truth, from their voice, who have had to suppress parts of themselves. And so this sense of connectedness or integration is, is is something that they're having to remember how to do and rediscover. And obviously it doesn't always feel, it doesn't always feel good. In fact, probably at the beginning and, you know, generally sometimes later on, it doesn't always feel good. So I want to, I really wanted you to come on to help us understand this concept of 
being embodied and living in an embodied and and centered grounded integrated way especially if you've been on a journey where uh you've had to disconnect to survive or to to belong to a community yeah so i think for me if you think about the word integral like it, it you know you're saying to live with integrity and to come back to the sense of your own wholeness I think I've always come back to integral being, you know, it's an internal part, you know, immovable part of what you actually truly are beyond all of that stuff that happens. And I think that everybody in life, like, goes through, as you said, like traumas or things that separate us from that knowing that we are whole as we are. And so it then becomes, I think for me, it, it became finding a way to, it's like piecing yourself back together, finding a way to piece yourself back together after that. And I think probably for me, the point when that began to happen would be after I left my marriage. So I think that's when I came to all of this stuff, like originally or or even began to open to this kind of stuff. And I think then for a long time, I think you can get swept away in the, as I mentioned to you before we started this interview, um, with the like spirituality side of things. I mean, it depends, obviously where you're coming from but if you turn to spirituality and the new age type of spirituality it's a lot about being you know ascending it's a lot about ascending and, and being out of your body and reaching some sort of higher level of consciousness and it took me a long time to then be able to actually have the capacity to drop back into my body because obviously so much happens that it's painful, as you said, being in your body, especially to begin with, I think, is and can be very painful. A lot of the things that are stored in there, you know, like our body, to me, our body holds memory, our body holds emotion. And a lot of the time when you've been, as you said, disconnected from it, you, you're quite frozen. I would say. So then when you come back into your body, it can be very difficult to allow what needs to be released and come up to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting that you made mention of, of New Age spirituality um, because obviously people who tend to listen to this podcast, they're coming from a Christian background and there's this kind of maybe assumption that new age spirituality will be the opposite or it won't have the same pitfalls as mm. you know the christian especially the dogmatic more dogmatic and evangelical um aspects of christianity it just wouldn't have the same pitfalls and and challenges and problems as new age spirituality but i guess 
actually, I think one of the issues comes with the fact that we look to other people to tell us, to other people to kind of say, actually, this is the way and this is how you do it. And this is what spirituality looks like. And this is maybe how you ascend or, you know, whatever it is. And then when you're buying into that, because actually i've got an i've got an interesting um theory and i would love to know what you think about it mm. um and i think there was actually some research and maybe i um pointed pointed it out in a, a previous post but it's this idea that people who seek spirituality and who seek god are actually maybe the most hurting mm. of humans you know, the ones that are the most um, vulnerable to exploitation and mm. and hurt. And we try to maybe find our answers and find our sense of self and security in these answers and, and probably we're more susceptible to looking up to gurus, leaders, experts, priests, priestesses as having the answer or those answers what are your what are your thoughts on this I really agree with that I really relate to that like it's not actually something although I definitely have had a period of time where I really did look outside of myself there was always something that stopped me from actually going to to the point of as you said like seeking out gurus specifically or some person to tell me it wasn't really more for me it wasn't really like having a figure or a person to tell me it was just more the actual seeking you know the constant seeking of knowledge and more and more and more wanting to know more and more and more because I think it's like you said it's generally people that are seeking feel very very uncomfortable with being with what's there you know inside of them and that all of that not knowing and all of that uncertainty and all of that pain and all of the other things that we you know, actually end up realising that we have to deal with if we're going to live inside of our own bodies and actually be a responsive, you know, a responsive human being who's actually a part of their environment, Mm -hmm. affected by their environment. I think that a lot of it does come from trying to bypass that, that uncomfortable experience of actually physically needing to be there. Mm, mm, yeah yeah I'm definitely hearing what you're saying there so it's kind of like and actually I see that in other things as well I mean we we are especially in the western world I think there is this kind of quick fix um mentality that we have you know if I don't have to do the work if I don't have to go through the challenges if I don't have to feel the pain if I can find somebody that, that can tell me what to do and I just follow the blueprint I mean you know you just have to write the word blueprint in the coaching program and it will sell like you know Mm. we do desire those quick fixes and and, um, those solutions and I know funnily I'm kind of I'm gonna divert a little bit but um I recently found out that you are free five human design profile as well like I like myself Mm. and um I definitely know that one of the challenges that I faced it is people coming to me because they feel that I can offer some kind of 
wisdom or insight to help them fix their their problems and you know my answer will always be actually no you have to kind of live it you've got to live through it because the answer is in the the living through it um but yeah I just feel like in life I don't know whether it's just because we've been conditioned that way now and maybe we weren't always that way but we don't want to have those uncomfortable experiences what are your thoughts about this yeah it's a difficult one when it comes to that I think it makes me feel very conflicted about you know I think there's a lot out there isn't there like you said things that claim to have a blueprint or the one that really irks me I don't know why (laughs) the one that really irks me is the word codes I just can't cope with (laughs) I don't know what that's all about it's obviously some my problem but <laughs> but yeah it's just I just don't believe in it I feel like we're all so different mm. and we do all have a unique journey and unique experiences that have actually you know shaped us into the person we are today mm. and that alone is like you know it proves that we all have different things to learn I just think there definitely comes a time when you do realize that the only way like like you just said the only way of doing the work is actually physically doing it mm-hmm. there's you know you can intellectualize and you know you can either intellectualize or you can constantly come at everything from the higher perspective i've done that a lot in my life like <laughs> come at things from the higher perspective and like at the time, not even realizing like exactly what I was doing. And if I look back now, I'm like, well, what I was doing was not allowing myself to have an emotion about that, you know, not allowing myself to have a human response to that situation. And that, you know, that's part of what then got me in so much trouble in the past Mm. in certain situations or kept me in those situations because I was able to bypass my way out of it mentally or spiritually. Yeah. So I guess what you're saying is that we can bypass our human experience, either on an intellectual level, you know, rationalizing, logicking our Mm. way out of it, or even spiritually by always looking, um, I I guess, for the illuminated response or the enlightened response, Mm. you know, the highest response that that we can give and and neither of those allows us to actually when we think about it be fully human Mm, exactly like we cut we end up it's like almost having a kind of saintly way about you to be like no I will forgive anything that some you know you could let someone be really like you're you're putting yourself in the way of physical what mental and emotional harm you know Mm. like you could stay in a situation where you are having somebody emotionally harming you again and again and Mm. mentally because what happens obviously is in these sort of situations and this I think this can be wider than a certain you know specific person or a specific relationship and it could be even seen on a broader scale as you said about the whole deconstruction Mm -hmm. and you know, rather than it being a person, it could be an establishment, it can be, it can be that big. 
but we can yeah we can kind of excuse a lot yeah yeah and I know that's definitely um something that many people who are deconstructing have 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 raised this idea of excusing excusing a lot of what they know feels wrong Mm. but because they've spiritualized it over spiritualized it they've intellectualized it um i think that has what's that's what's caused a disconnect between you know body and and our knowing because you know our body is really a direct link to our our inner knowing Mm. yeah okay so that's really interesting so can you tell me a little bit about like how your personal journey I think you've kind of touched upon it a little bit but how has your personal journey really shaped your understanding of how important this concept of embodiment is to self-discovery and healing I think if I look back, I I probably dabbled in a lot of, you know, certain certain aspects of spirituality. I've dabbled in a few things. If I look back, though, the only thing that's really ever stuck with me is kind of like, though there's a spiritual element to it, it's mainly obviously about the body. So if I look back, maybe five years now, I think, would be when I first read the book Wild Power um, by... Alexandra Pope and Shani Hugo Wurlitzer and that's all about the menstrual cycle and how you know the inner seasons and all of all of that and I think that's the only thing that I've ever implemented into my life that's actually stuck for such a long period of time and it's you know it's been five years now and I still live my life by that framework because instead of it being you know, a pre-prescribed kind of set of beliefs. It's actually, rather than that, being in active conversation with your body Mm. and, you know, always actually listening to what's going on in your body. And it's, it's just basically how I would put it would be, it's coming into communion with your own body. I think that's so powerful. I I stumbled across this concept of embodiment. Um, uh, I, and when I did, I didn't even know that that's what was what was going on. I mean, I've mentioned about it before that uh, I, I developed an autoimmune condition, which took many, many years um, for it to be diagnosed. And because of that, I I couldn't get any help from anywhere and um, because nobody actually knew what was what was going on with me so I I began to for the first time ever turn inwards you know turn inwards to my body to actually start to be in um, communication and communion with my body learn how to, to befriend uh, I guess yes my body but it was also the things that lived under the surface, you know, the emotions, mm-hmm. the the traumas, the wounds, allowing them to speak for the first time. Yeah, because 
actually what I now know is that the autoimmune condition, it was um, really just a, a manifestation of the wounds and the hurts, yes. But also the way I had learned to be in order to keep a lid on those wounds, you know, mm -hmm. so that they didn't come up and prevent me from being a generally well-functioning human being. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I um I tried things like uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, autogenic training. Is, is that that's something you've heard of it's a kind of um uh self-hypnosis relaxation thing mm -hmm. but it was the first time that I was able to drop inside of my body because it asks you to be it just asks you to to pay attention to every single part of your body mm -hmm. and you know I think for a lot of people we 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 kind of camouflage our our feelings, our sensations and emotions by being busy, by being super busy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? And, you know, so I was... When you're still, when you're still, when you allow that space for stillness, obviously things are going to come up to the surface. And I think, I don't know about you, but I think that's the challenge for so many people, especially when they've been, when they've experienced trauma, mm. is the challenge of, okay, now I've got these sensations and feelings and memories that are coming up to the surface and this feels really dangerous and, and threatening mm. to me. How do I deal with that? Can you talk a little bit about that, maybe? I think like something that just came to me as you were saying that was when we, you know, when we have these situations in life happen that, like you said, leave a wound or create this kind of, you know, yeah, this wounding and this trauma, like these traumatic experiences. I think like a hallmark of those things is always that you generally have abandoned yourself somewhere you know while while that trauma and that wounding is occurring you've somehow abandoned yourself because you've you know as you've said you, you've you've put all of your faith in something outside of you and so it, it is like leaving yourself in a way I think you either you know I from my own experience I'd say that sometimes you disassociate don't you it's like you like almost leave your body in a way to, to escape what's going on and I think that when that's been your coping mechanism even if your situation in the present is not the same situation you were in when that was your coping mechanism it's just even harder to overcome that and to come back to yourself and back into your body to actually not you know to be the opposite to do the opposite of abandonment and to stay you know actively choose to stay in your body is one of the hardest things mm, mm, definitely is there anything that has helped you do that maybe if we can like talk about like maybe you know if that is a struggle what is it that can be done to to enable us to stay for longer periods of time in that experience I think for me, I mean, another thing that really, really helped me and really changed this all for me was when I wrote 
back in 2021, I wrote a memoir and it was all about, it was all centered around me doing um, these 12 ceremonies with psilocybin. So, you know, that's magic mushrooms. Okay. So I did that and it started with relatively low doses. And the thing is with those is that I think people do them seeking this big spiritual experience. Mm. But then when you're doing really low dose doses of them, you don't have that. It's not, you don't leave your body. You don't have all these hallucinations. It's not, that's not what's happening at all. So for me, it was very grounded and embodied, like the experience of having those, you know, that dosage, it actually enabled me to be fully in my body and really be with what was happening and what was there. And I, I released a lot of emotion, um, a lot, you know, there was so much going on. I could really feel what was happening in my body. Like it really, it really cemented that for me in that, in a way that I wasn't able to before. So even, uh, you know, that was a thing, a relationship and an experience that, that just kept getting stronger after after that mm. and allowed me to really do that in, in a way that I, ha- I hadn't been able to previously. I mean, that's a really interesting thing. And, you know, for me, when I, when I hear you, hear you talk about that, you know, my Christian um, conditioning kicks in because, you know, you know, that's drugs right mm-hmm. that's the that's the first thing that I feel in my body oh no she didn't because that because you know that's drugs and that's dangerous mm-hmm. but I I also know there have been and there are um other deconstructing Christians that I am aware of who have gone down that um route and have had for mental health reasons for different reasons and who've had really um really beautiful healing experiences as a result of that um and i think there are so many fears it's not just you know it's the christian conditioning but there's the 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 fear of losing control which is a big one isn't isn't it it's it's a big one you know what if i what if i take it and something goes wrong you know what if you know i do damage to myself you know um can you just share a little bit about, did you ever have any of those forces? You know, how did you, how did you come to the decision to do it? And did you feel, yeah, did you have to work through any of those kind of thoughts or anything like that? I think um, the first time I ever, you know, the first time I ever went down that route, it was, it would have been about, I think it was 2020. So obviously, as you could imagine, the world was pretty wild, like at the time. And I think it was just casual, like a, a friend of mine who had done it loads was like, oh, should we do mushrooms and mushrooms? And I was like, right, okay. And it didn't actually do anything. <laughs> so it, I think they were so old that they had like completely lost potency. So nothing really happened. But then after that, some point after that, I think maybe a few months later, I read a book and it was called Psychedelic Mysteries of the Feminine. And it was just a really interesting book and it was all about, you know, there was all these chapters all written by different women and it was all about their experience with them. And a lot of them were like psychotherapists and they were like using them in their practice and things Mm. like that. And one of them wrote about it and the idea to write the book just came to me really strongly. You know, it was just like, this is what I need to do. Do these 12 ceremonies, write this book. It was like, you know, when things just really come in really, really strongly. And so I did. And it's like, I couldn't have 
you know it's like you couldn't have imagined the journey it would take me on mm. and yeah there's definitely elements of that and thoughts of that like it you know it potentially being I wouldn't say damaging but it's like you said it's the loss of control mm. I think I really did have resistance to that mm. in the beginning but I think it's really helped me a lot in ways that you know there are plenty of things in this life that we have no control over. Mm. And I think that part of, you know, as much as we need to be stable and, as you said, be able to function and be able to live in this world, I think that part of that is really surrendering to the fact that we don't have all of, you know, the control that we sometimes perceive that we have over our circumstances or over our lives. We've obviously got free will ability to respond and make decisions and all of that but I think that actually that that kind of side of things becomes more liberated the more we understand that certain things are beyond our control yeah yeah definitely I think obviously it's the whole um holding on and letting go thing isn't it um and as you were talking I remembered you know that what you're sharing is strange in the Western world, but it's not strange in other places in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we, and this is the this is the conditioning, you know, because there are so many cultures and groups of people that use herbs, that mm -hmm. use plant as medicine um, in various various different ways, and for them, it's like you don't you know it's kind of weird and strange that you don't or you mm. don't understand that this has been given here or we have access to this for this very reason and mm. you know that is definitely uh, I think about myself and I've spoken about it to um another uh, another um beautiful woman that um I did an episode with right at the beginning um Lurie Kimberly uh and one of the things I spoke to her about was my desire to reconnect with the witchy medicine herbal woman that is down, you know, in my lineage. My, you know, I, I love wanting to be able to know, okay, this herb does that or this plant does that. And, you know, being able to brew up something and, you know, just drink it and know that it's going to have an effect. And I think that one of the things that Christianity and also living in, this culture has done is take away that connection to earth you know mm -hmm. that connection to 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 life i see it life of a with a capital l and replaced it with you know concrete walls and roofs and you know well we just don't know anything we rely on in the uk david attenborough to like clear us up yeah. on you know <laughs> nature and wildlife and go oh wow that's really really interesting but actually why why we have inherited all of this lack of knowledge and all of this fear because we've been disconnected we no longer know what happens or or, or what is present outside of the the walls that we live in mm. i think that was another big thing for me is that I, again, I went into that whole experience of, of writing the book, not really knowing what was going to happen. It was just a complete mystery. Like, 
whatever is going to unfold over these 12 months is going to unfold. And then I think it taught me like above all else is that, as you said, like the, that rootedness and that being connected to the earth in a way that I'd never experienced it before. I mean, all I can really say is that it, it was like you said, it's like being connected to life with a capital L and really realizing that every single thing is alive. Mm. And I think for me, that's, that, that was like one of the biggest, the biggest sort of realizations of all for that whole time. And then it really took me down the route of being like really in awe of fungi in general, you know, like it, the, it, I did a lot of research and just a lot of thinking around that while I was writing the book and it just I just think it's amazing like the way it all operates and it's all interwoven and it's kind of it really made my mind work in a different way I mean can you just share I know you've kind of it's actually you that um I think has um, broaden my understanding in this area of like um, fungi and mushrooms but um, uh, yeah what can you what can you share what kind of I think like if you think about so if you're thinking about embodiment in general so you're thinking about embodiment in general and I think to be embodied is to be grounded to be rooted and anchored in your own body and to live from that place. So I think that, as you said, a lot of us have been conditioned in whichever way we've been conditioned. So it could be through faith, through Christianity, through spirituality, you know, in a wider sense. But if we look at all of that, it's generally constantly looking up and out, you know, looking up and looking outside of ourselves and trying to, as I said earlier, trying to ascend. But I think that with the fungi and the mushrooms, it's that call to descend into your body and to feel that connection with, you know, the earth and just your roots in general. It's like you said earlier, with wanting to explore that side of things, um, the more magical, witchy side of things that that comes with actually exploring your roots. Mm-hmm. You know, like we... I, I mean, I believe we we come from the earth and we go back to the earth, like obviously, you know, physically in our bodies, like once, you know, it depends, obviously, if, you, if you're buried, like you're going to be reclaimed by the earth, mm. you know, and then you're literally going to become part of that fungal cycle, at least on the physical plane. Mm. And I just think that in itself is pretty amazing. And I think it te- I think with fungi it teaches you a lot. The things it teaches us are just to actually realize how interconnected we are with everything that's happening around us. And also to actually understand that, you know, it's we live in a very hyper individualistic culture. So it's to really kind of unpack that and realize that that's not going to get us anywhere being really hyper individualistic and, you know, completely wrapped up in our own stuff doesn't work. I think 
one of the things that I think one of the prevailing beliefs around embodiment is that it is an individual practice. It is about you, you know, because obviously you're coming down into yourself and it can kind of feel like actually this is about me and my body, you know, but actually it's not. It's so much more than that. It's about like um, realizing that you are part of a whole, that you are connected. Mm. And it reminds me of actually some. Uh, uh, Something that I did like a, a few weeks back, I, I, I mentioned to you that I recently started a new job, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and it was a job that I, I wanted. I really, really, really wanted. I mean, I haven't worked properly since mm, 2021 after my maternity leave. Um, near the end of 2021 I've just been doing bits and pieces but I haven't had like a permanent employment um, role since that time and you know a part of me hasn't wanted to because I've really wanted to find something that has felt like actually yeah this is something that I that is something that I'm I'm doing because it's for me and not because you know I want the 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 money or the end result and this was like a job that I really wanted I loved the organization and everything and um I remember just after the second interview I I felt like I hadn't done very well at all and I took myself off to the the park I had so much energy inside of me I was feeling so many different feelings so many different sensations and I just knew I needed to get out of the house and just kind of, I didn't know what I needed to do, but I just knew I needed to, you know, do something. You know, I reached a park and I basically just followed my body and, you know, whatever felt like I needed to do to for whatever it was that needed to happen, I did it. And I remember um, near the end, just there was just something really primitive that took over in me and I, I'll write it out properly because I'm still processing it even weeks on, but I basically put my hands on the earth, I knelt down, I put my hands on the earth and I basically, I just felt into everything underneath the surface and I just, at that moment in time, I felt like so held, so, um, so, just so, so known, like my desire was known. This mm -hmm. desire I had for this job was known and, you know, whatever the outcome was, that I was known and my desires were known and I wasn't alone. That was what it was, that I wasn't alone. And just even thinking about it is making me feel quite close to tears because, you know, it was such a, I couldn't have planned it. I could not have planned it. But mm -hmm. just, and it couldn't have been an experience that I experienced just by myself through, I don't know, meditating. I had to be mm -hmm. in the park. I had to put my hands down on the earth. I had to allow myself to know that I wasn't alone that I was connected to every single thing and feel held mm. in that and it was such a beautiful experience for me I think it's so incredible that those experiences those you know those big moments are like the tiny moments you know really it's like something so 
like you said, it couldn't be planned. It could only unfold spontaneously and with the earth as kind of like the setting and, you know, the earth can hold a lot, you know, like the ground beneath us when we're outside and when we're having like either, like you said, the most intense feelings and the most, or the most, you know, the deepest grief, like we're in, or, or the, you know, this kind of, especially right now, like with the world as it is right now, like there's so much going on all the time. It's so, you know, if you look back generations, we wouldn't have had the information that we have now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would have been completely apart from things that are happening in the world and not know that. So then the way we live now, we we know so much, you know, so much of what's happening and the emotions that come up. I think this is why it's the, you know, this is why the whole embodiment side of things is such an important piece when you think about being a whole human being, because it means to have the capacity to actually have these big feelings and these, you know, these responses to what's happening around you and not just, you know, switch off because it's too much. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the whole having the earth there and actually being able to, to connect in that way and be, you know, feel that sense of belonging that you said in that way can really help us because it is overwhelming. Like to exist in this world as it is now is like incredibly overwhelming. Mm. Yeah. A lot of time. There is generally, I think, still a little bit of misunderstanding and fear around what embodiment means. Uh, because it is, you know, um, really about connecting with what is unknown. I mean, you know, there's no, there's no blueprint here. There's no, um, manual how-to guide and it is really about trusting ourselves and and I I love what you said about this idea that the way that we live now is so different to the way that our ancestors lived you know we've got the added burden of having access to so much information the world has become smaller Mm -hmm. uh, and alongside that our green and natural spaces have shrunk as well and we don't know how to uh how to connect with it and so from my perspective being able to come into yourself and then know how to connect that to the elements is crucial to to well-being Mm, definitely i think that to, to kind of prior, prioritise being in your body, it's to embrace what is, what is like animal and what is wild within us, isn't it? Mm. Because obviously if you think about our minds, you know, like a lot of the time people are walking around like a walking head. Like, you know, it's like you don't even remember if you're on autopilot, which a lot of us are a lot of the time, you're not even considering your body. Mm. You know, you're just walking around like a brain, <laughs> like this yeah. floating brain. But to consider your body is to consider, yeah, the animal part of you and the wild part of you. 
And that inevitably, once you go on that journey, journey, inevitably it is going to lead you back to the earth in a wider sense. Because if we are partly animal, we are of the earth. You know, as you said, we are connected to everything else and everything else that that is of the earth. So it's, I just find it to be like an inevitable progression of embodiment that you will then connect to the earth as if it is a body, you know, like as if the earth is a body, which it is, you know, and it's the way we treat the earth and that whole, you know, the whole being of the earth and the body of the earth is like, the way we treat our bodies is like the microcosm to the macrocosm. Yeah, I think that's such an important aspect. I mean, I'm bringing it back to Christianity again. Um, but, you know, within like the Christian tradition, there are all these rules around um, obviously how to live and being responsible, being a decent and good, kind human being. And there's like rules around what that looks like. But very rarely is that translated into um, conscious taking care of the earth. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of it is about, it is cerebral, it is intellectual. So we know that we have to abide by these rules and we have to live a certain way because we want the end result, which is getting into heaven and, you know, all of that. So it's very much about living at that level. And that is very, that's a disembodied in the, in the sense of, you know, um, mm. it's not coming into your body. It's a kind of like, I'm living for this purpose that, you know, um, people outside of me have said, you know, this is how I should live in order to achieve this outcome. Mm. But when you do drop into your body, when you do connect to your body, I love the way that you say that, that the, 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 the next step, is really a recognition that you are not separate. Mm. And because of that, the responsibility towards the to, towards the earth as an extension of self, mm. you know, because we all we all live here. But actually there are so many people that and I and I'm I'm really talking actually, although for myself, because I've always been really a, a humanist, even though I've been within the, the Christian tradition. I've always had, you know, I've always had a desire to um, want to connect with the earth, but that has that was kept under wraps because it was too strange and, and woo-woo, like I said. Mm. But I think in the main, um, that's not focused on, or it's it's not focused on a lot within the Christian tradition. And then when you step into the place where you know, you do go into yourself and you begin to honour yourself. And it is self-respect. You're absolutely right. It's a microcosm of, of something else because actually if we can't do it, if we can't value ourselves, which is from the earth, it's of the earth and the earth sustains and nourishes us, then how the hell are we going to do that with the earth? Because we don't really love ourselves and we don't really care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then why are we going to care that, you know, um, we're not looking after, we're not doing our bit to look after the earth or we're not really connected we're not listening mm. yeah. yeah definitely and it's like i when you said that i thought the stakes are different aren't they you mm. know if you're if if you're in the christian faith and that's your belief is that it's you know it's all about getting into heaven by following those specific set of commandments 
Mm. You're right. You're not gonna. You're not going to see your time on this plane on this planet mm. as high stakes in a way. You know the stakes are different. Your stakes are going to be, as you said, it's going to be all about those specific commandments, and you know that can be at a cost to the earth. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, obviously, the commandments in general, a lot of them are positive. <laughs> you know, it's obviously good for us to actually strive to have morals, regardless of what our faith is or isn't. You know, like, everybody needs to live by some moral code. Mm. But I, you're right, that the moral code needs to stretch to that. You know, it needs to stretch to actually recognise the harm we do when we don't see the earth as a body or a being or, you know, mm. a, a living thing mm -hmm. as alive, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely been, you know, um, a shift that I've made in, in a much bigger way. Like I mentioned, you know, this concept of life now, whereas it used to be God, you know, mm -hmm. for me, it's life with a capital L. I really kind of, I, I don't know what it is, but I do believe that there is this, as I said, I don't know what it is, but it's life with a capital L, you know, this energy, this thing, and I am a part of it and it's a part of me. And, um, and so, yeah, it does make me look at myself, my body, my purpose on this earth uh, differently. I, I don't so much think about what comes next now because, mm. you know, I have a purpose here. I, I exist for a reason, you know. Mm. Um, and that's definitely been a, a big change for me. Um, I guess. But just think about any other questions that I want to ask you because I'm just aware of like time coming to an end I think actually let's end by you talking a little bit more about like your latest offering your oracle deck and your guidebook yeah um, because you've recently brought something out okay so my latest offering is called the whole woman and it is an oracle deck and a guidebook and eventually when I've got to that point it will also be a 12-week guided journey which will tie in so it's going to be expanding on some of the themes of the cards you know in more depth but at the moment it's just you know the oracle deck and the guidebook and that in itself like it's not you know it is an oracle deck but in in I would say it's not in the traditional sense because it is all about what we can physically do and what we're physically being mm -hmm. you know it's it, it's every card is a call to action in a sense of it has these three key words which will take you on the journey to actually embodying that specific quality or you know practicing that specific thing in your life can you give an example so I am doing, the, I'm currently working through the course. So I, you know, before I launch it, so I'm kind of working through it, editing as I go. So I've literally just come into the move week. So that's all based around the move card. And it's crazy because as I've been doing this, so much has happened and unfolded in my life in, you know, 
you couldn't write it. <laughs> like the way it's all unfolded and the things that have happened when I've moved on to the next one is just, you know, it's crazy. So last week was like rest. And so all I, honestly, all I did was rest and, I, and then I got ill. So it was like, I just was really just having that time to rest. And now I've come into the move week and it's like, actually, you know, this is very focused on like being in the body and moving. Mm-hmm. And so it feels very timely because I've been feeling lately as if, you know, it's all felt a bit much, all the stuff that's going on. And and it's so easy, you know, even after like years of doing, you know, having an embodiment practice and trying your best to really be in your body, it's, it's still quite easy for you to then fall back out of that mm. and to to kind of be, to freeze kind of and like find it all too much and... So then movement, I feel like, is the perfect antidote to that because you're physically in your body, you're moving, and you do kind of, your mind quietens and you drop back into your body fully. Mm, mm, mm. That's kind of where I'm at with it at the moment for that side of things. Um, Yeah. So how, why why I'm interested in knowing why you called it an oracle deck? What what yeah, and how you feel it differs from a traditional oracle deck? I think, I mean, when it came through, it was another one of these ideas that just it was just flooded in sort of thing, and so I like wrote it all quite quickly, um, and I got I commissioned the art from a really amazing artist. Her name's Catherine Shears, and she. Yeah, she created all the art and I've even got original artworks, all the original artworks that I'm selling, um, which ties into it sort of thing. But um, yeah, it, I think, yeah, I think the way it differs is, as I've said, like the, the element of it that you have to actually actively bring it into your life in some way. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, with a lot of Oracle decks you get, it's just kind of, it feels quite, you know, you can always find a way to relate it to what's happening, but it feels quite, it's hard to, I need to think of the word, it just feels quite like ethereal in a way, like where yeah. it's like outside of you and it's like these, you know, it's more energetic, whereas this, it, you have the opportunity to bring it into your life in a more physical sense. Yeah, yeah. That's how I would say it differs. Yeah, yeah. No, that does make sense. That does make sense. And I think, you know, the cards are great tools to support with um, developing an embodiment practice if you if it's something that is new to you because it doesn't feel too out there or woo-woo it's very very simple like what you said move rest mm-hmm. reminders gentle reminders and opportunities to reflect you know um for ourselves and to i think integrate it in a way that feels natural you know there's no um prescription to rest in a particular way or to move in a particular way it is really um fluid like that but yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah well i think the cards are absolutely beautiful and you know great job on bringing them into the world, Laura. Thank you for listening to Becoming You Beyond Deconstruction. I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. You can connect with me on my Substack newsletter unfolding to follow my journey and to find out if you're interested how we can work together.
And if you're interested in supporting the work, then please feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash living from soul. My name is Florence Okusogu and I'll see you on the next episode of Becoming You Beyond Deconstruction. Thank you.